Hello, welcome to Your Next Stop. I am the host, Juliette Hahn. And as I always say every episode, I am so excited for you guys to dive into this story because again, it's gonna be a story of inspiration. It's gonna get your mind thinking a little bit about like, huh, you know what? Maybe I can do what I have always meant to be done, but you just haven't done it because of fear, uh, whether it's anxiety, whether you're nervous, you don't know how to start. But let's jump into Nadine's story. And I wanted to welcome you to your next stop. Hi, Nadine. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really good today. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. So Nadine, I would love for you just to kind of jump in and, and tell us your story. I just, I can't wait. You know, my, my listeners know I do a little tiny bit of research just to make sure obviously that the story matches the podcast, but then I love to learn as we go because I'm a super curious person. And so I love to kind of hear the story unfold. And so if you can just kind of start with, um, wherever your journey started, right. If it started in childhood, whether it started in university, non-university, if you could just kind of share with us. For sure. Well, I think it's always hard to sort of pick that part of the timeline to jump in, but I really feel it did start in my childhood. Yes. So I will start there. And um, I was lucky to be surrounded by a lot of nature, like a little forest. We had a cottage on the lake, had a lovely backyard and just nature everywhere. And to me, that was like my special place, really wherever it was, but like digging in the dirt and mixing together like leaves and petals and mud and like even applying them to my body. Um, and then in the home front, um, I would be raiding my mom's bathroom cabinet and mixing like her Chanel number no. five with like the skull and crossbones stuff underneath the sink. So I, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I definitely had this like inclination to like mix and mash and put things together. So then in grade nine, we had like a rare self-directed learning moment where we could pick our own subject for the science fair project. And as I was thinking of my subjects, I was at the, the public library and this book came to me that was all about cosmetics and like geared towards younger and like how to make your own. And I was fascinated by it all, but specifically the chapter on perfumery. Because, you know, I had lots of, by grade nine, I had lots of bottles. I was the youngest in the family. So I also got like the cosmetic hand-me-downs. Right. And uh, it was so fascinating to learn about really the roots of perfume, like literally, you know, being distilled from roots and petals and roses and the history I loved. And it was neat to kind of get that sort of depth of understanding about how perfume was made, but still... We were talking about like obviously ancient Egypt and modern day perfumes, different ingredients, but it talked about that the distillations are called essential oils. And that's something that you could find at the health food store. So my mom and I, she, you know, got in the car and we went to the bigger city of Toronto and uh, went to the health food store. And that's where I got my first whiffs of like orange, jasmine, lemongrass, ylang. 
And I bought the little bottles and I remarried, remade Lair de Tom. But those oils, it's not like I really got the difference between naturals and synthetics at that particular right, juncture. Right, right, right. But like it was speaking to my brain. And it was also really neat to like, because it also all those jars of cosmetics kind of like were a bit mysterious. Like, what is that goop? How did it all come to be? And the words on the back of the backs of the label didn't really have a lot of meaning because they were all weird chemical words. Right. Um, yeah. So it just was totally fascinated with that and, you know, continue on in teen life and just very normal 1980s, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pause because I love, yeah. so I love, my thing is storytelling, right? I love yeah. how people tell a story and I could see you in the backyard digging in the dirt. So I used to do the same thing and I would always I make that. things and find mud and put things together. Like that was one of my favorite times. So when you did that, it really transported me back to my childhood and my backyard. So I love that you said that. And I think it's fascinating how you, you know, you said like, it always interests me. You're always under the cabinet in your mom's because that kind of stuff really, it, it ignited you. And one of the things I always share with my clients and my listeners is to think back to moments like that. And that's why mm -hmm. storytelling is so important because when you were a kid, what did you love doing? Right. It's, it's, it yes, takes out it's the such a good question. And what did you like doing? And it really can be that simple. It's not like, Oh, and it has to be a subject. Like I really liked Lego or something. It's like, what did you like doing? And like thinking and processing and observing. Right. That's where right. you find the juice. You do. And yeah. I loved, I remember I used to climb trees and tell stories yeah. about it and just do all that stuff. And so that is something that a lot of people don't think back, right? They don't think back to when they were kids where they had no stress, right? Where When I was yeah. saying it takes the stress away. There's no stress back then. I mean, obviously, yes, some people do. I'm sure there's people listening being like, yeah, I was stressed then. But for the most part, most parts, when you're a child, you're not stressed or you shouldn't be really. Hopefully. And you kind of, kind of think about, what was exciting to you? What lit your fire? What did you love to do? And I have to say, uh, I am an entrepreneur now. I used to sell like worms on, with my friend uh -huh. across the street. And mm -hmm. I laugh, like think about that. I used to I sell mean, crayfish. Right. And, bait. <laughs> and people would say to me, why are you selling worms? And I'm like, well, there's like ponds. Like we didn't live on the water, but there was, you know, like they could go fishing. They could do things. Yeah. People would always be like, what are you talking about? But you would always get neighbors that were like, oh, I'll give you five bucks. I don't need, I don't need the worm. But that brought me to a spot where I realized, oh, I can use my mind to make money. Yes. Right. Really in tune with like your resources. I feel yes. like every, I can see now everything that I do is totally from those like first 18 years. I can right. see it all when I look And I back. love that. I love that. Okay. So I'm, I, I just had to jump in and with that. So, <laughs> right. So you, you realize, and I love that you were able to pick that science project, right? Because yeah, maybe. Yeah, so key. Right. It was and now so science. Right? Yeah, science. Did you like science? I had moments in science and where I would excel and then moments where I wouldn't. I had to love the subject. I was very much a kid that. I know this now, but I would always play to my strengths. Right. And like, luckily I would drop whatever wasn't happening as soon as I was allowed, you know, right. so to speak, like for subjects and stuff. But we should, I mean, really, we all yeah. should. And that's, that's something that yeah. we talk about, you know, I talk about often with my kids, like we're not going to all be a, a good at everything and school, traditional no. school, it doesn't really let you flourish and it is hard. And it is sometimes it kind of sucks sometimes, right? <laughs> because you're like, I'm really good at this. Why won't let me, they, why, why won't my teacher let me focus on this? They keep harping on the things that I am struggling in and it's really annoying. And so I, um, if my, if you know my story and my listeners do, I'm dyslexic and one of my children are, uh, one of 
my oldest is dyslexic as well. My dad, my sister, we're, we're a long line of dyslexia. And one of the things that I say to every time I have to do a meeting with a teacher or a meeting with a group is he has so many strengths. Like he is so smart. And if he listens to something, he can retain it. it. I mean, really, really smart. But all you guys keep doing is harping on like this little science thing or this little math thing. Guess what? He's not going to be a scientist or a mathematician. So yeah, let's, let's forget about it and let him strive and, and thrive in those things that he's good at. So I love that very early on you realized okay, this is what I'm good at. And you probably, you know, maybe didn't do it on purpose, but it was like, I'm just going to kind of get rid of this. And were your parents supportive of that? Like, did they love that you used to mix things? Like, how did your mom, you know, when <laughs> well, she, she came didn't like up? when I was mixing with her Chanel and that kind of stuff. But, I would I think mean, not. <laughs> definitely so supportive. Of, I mean, each of us really, uh, the three of us siblings really feel very like we were individually like sort of what does that child need? And we were, you know, just sort of equal, but different, yes. which was, I think, key, right? So we can all develop our own strengths. Right. So you know, I and then that. I would be mixing and ma mashing like the white eyeshadow with my Crabtree and Evelyn lip balm, and then like giving makeovers to my friends and just loving that whole realm. And then thinking, oh, here's a new company, like the body shop came out, and we're thinking it's all green beauty and all that, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Fast forward, I get to university. Luckily, I'm like living on my own. So I have this little cottage in the backyard of somebody's house. I got my own kitchen, thankfully, because I'm a little bit bored first year. I didn't get the right subjects. I'm at home, skipping school and watching a talk show and learning lots <laughs> because I was really learning about, this is like early 90s, like food, environment, health. That was yes. new then like growing, you know, all the gallons of water for, you know, raising meat or the pesticides and that whole thing. And then that led me to luckily every day on my way home from school, I passed this little health food store in a house called grains and beans and things. And I bought every book and every bean. And then through those books, I learned a whole lot more like that. There's so many, you know, all the little things that can go on with the body that aren't a big medical intervention, like constipation, migraines, headaches, blah, blah, blah. So many easy ways to solve all of that. Right. Without medication. Totally. And then also really learning about food. And one of the books was a full dissection of the labels at the supermarket. And that was groundbreaking, really wow. revolutionary, like brown sugars, white sugar with molasses, all brand basically has the equivalent of cardboard in it. So I'm learning all that. And then I look to the bathroom and I'm like, what's going on there? And I realize, you know, the cucumber face toner never met a cucumber. The fuzzy right. peach bath oil has never been impeached. <laughs> so, and that was the body shop, right? Because I, I, was, yeah, I grew was up in the same. Shop. I grew yeah. up in that same area at, at that time, and I remember yeah. I did the same thing because it was like, oh, yeah. it has to be natural. It has this in it, and it's. But it, I mean, I could still smell. Like I remember, I would get a headache. Right, my yeah. mom would get a headache, and my mom was very allergic to like non-natural stuff. So we were not yeah. allowed to have anything that was really that smelly. We had yeah. to put it on outside. So I love that you kind of figured that out on your own yeah. like at, at, through learning of things that you enjoyed learning. Exactly. Yeah. Fully just being directed there. And then I was like, holy, you know, it's just another petroleum promise land, total BS. But I think that was my great moment. I was like, oh my God, because I was really into making my own food. I'm like, I'm going to make all of my own 
body care and cosmetics. And then from there, you know, and then friends and family would buy them and they loved it and it was effective. And then I had to really get into the raw materials because I would read books from like the 1800s or earlier and find all these amazing raw materials that they were smelling or I'd want to recreate Egyptian recipes and and kind of get a whiff of like, why were they putting those things together in ancient times? So then I had, you know, then I was like importing all these raw materials and essential oils and finding distillers. And this is all through university. I was going to say, so you were in school doing this. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And what what were you studying in school though? Well, then luckily second year, I got better courses. And so I first year, into, this is first year. <laughs> yeah. First year. And then I, and then I tapped into women's studies, which was so fun because it's inter, interdisciplinary. So you're like in film and philosophy and English and it's all cross. And then so I'm reading like the beauty myth, our bodies, ourselves, I'm doing papers on midwifery or like the female orgasm in Western history and really looking at the history of like how we've been treating women's like bodies in general, but of course women's bodies, lead in the lipstick, mercury in the rouge, in the face powders. And I mean, which is crazy. Isn't it crazy? It's so crazy. And that's like really a lot, you know, there's so much worse than those two examples of what's been going on with women's bodies. But so it really all felt like, you know, especially then what I'd even learned about food and not even process. So I was making all my own cosmetics, but then I was so ready to get out of university because I was like, I got to get out there. Right. And I didn't even want to take a year off and travel or anything. I was like, I got to get to work. So then I actually transferred to uh, the city university of Toronto for my last year. So I could just be in a more like functioning city. And then like, as soon as I graduated, which was like April of whatever year I started to work on my store. Cause I knew there was no place that had it all like a full concept store. And so six months after I graduated from university, I guess it was about 1992. I opened up North America's first full concept aromatherapy store called osmosis. That's so cool. I love that. But I love, I mean, and you could just hear, and you said this to me before, you were like, when I get excited, you know, (laughs) you'll be able to hear it. And you can, but that's what this podcast is about. It's about having other people listen, and then think, right? So anyone that's listening to this right now, I want you to think of a moment that you get excited, like Nadine just got excited, or when you've heard me a million times talk about storytelling, I get excited, you could hear it in my voice. I'm passionate about it. And there's so many people out there that don't know what makes them excited or they've stuffed it, right? They've stuffed it because it's like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make that. Or they think they're allowed to do what they like. Right, right. And that's, it's such, that's again, a, such a myth. And a lot of times people will say, you know, especially when we grew up, right. We would always hear, like, I would always have a friend that was really good at something. And they would say, oh, my parents said, I can't make a living out of that. So I can't hmm. do that. Right. And I would be like, what? That's stupid. Why are we listening to our parents? <laughs> right. Right. That's, I wouldn't listen to your parents. Um, I had very supportive parents, but so, but you think about that, that was really taught to people. And I'm, and I know it's still being taught to kids. Like my kids will come home sometimes and tell me some of the things, you know, that they're doing in career class. And I'm like, you're in eighth grade. Why are they telling me you like, you're t- still taking that test that like, should I be a policeman or a fireman or a teacher? <laughs> I'm like, what, where do we live? What are you talking about? And it really is crazy. I feel like, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of entrepreneur 
mindset kind of came out a little bit more, right? I yeah. mean, that whole 10 years before, I mean, it, it has, like it was more of a buzzword, right? But I yeah. really feel like a lot of people had some time on their hands and were like, okay, you know what? Let me reevaluate my life. So I just think it's so fascinating. And I love hearing stories of people that kind of as yours evolved, right? And you can hear that story, like from when you were little in that backyard until then when you were at that, you know, again, that pivotal point in ninth grade. And this is why it's so important for people to be able to tell their story. Ninth grade, you were like, that was the science. And then as you went through university, and I always say, I don't, I really don't feel like there's a lot of accidents that happen. You know, people will say, oh, it was luck. There was a reason why you took the wrong classes your freshman year, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whether it was God or the universe, Someone was speaking to you being like, okay, this is what we want you to go towards because this is what you're going to, you're going to love and you're going to be able to help others. So when you opened that first store, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, the, the, you know, the backends, what was, what was the biggest mistake you made and what was the biggest like win you made with that? Well, I mean, I certainly, I mean, I remember the day before I opened, it was definitely like, oh my God, like people, media and everybody's coming to buy stuff I've made, like, you know, that started in my kitchen. So that felt really bizarre, <laughs> you know? Um, I'm sure. Right. It's like, I just did this in my, in my own house. Yeah, and I was right. so young, you know what I mean? And everything. And I remember, yeah, but it all just, it was really awesome. And it all was just so, you know, it's always been so loved. I mean, I have clients still from then because right. it's like the stuff's that good that pure and that effective so that's really cool oh my god i mean i feel like i don't tend to think on or dwell on mistakes but I'm, i love that I'm, I'm sure i've made so many and so many challenges but i just i don't so it's hard for me to go oh that because i always just would be like you know using it and then using it as a fulcrum and then going to another Place, yes. You know. <laughs> and you know, so, and, but I love that you said that. And I, I, I love asking my guests that, and I don't always, but it's when you open a store, it's kind of concrete, right? So it's like, okay, you could maybe think about it. But when I always say to people and I teach people mistakes or missed, you know, I, I, I don't even call them failures, mistakes, whatever mishaps. I, there's a, a quote out there that I love. It's, it's just one foot forward, two steps back. It's the cha-cha. It's a dance. <laughs> I love We're, that. I right? love that. Don't think yeah. about it as negative. And we always yeah. learn from our mistakes or our mishaps or our failures, right? Yeah. I mean, I think always. if I'm not, when I have, and, and as I've grown as an entrepreneur, when I've had mistakes, I'm always like, okay, I gotcha. I, I, there's something <laughs> that I'm going to learn out of this. So I don't, as you look at them and be like, Oh my God, I just kind of, I'm like, okay, what am I going to learn out of this? What's going to come out of it? What, what greatness is going to come out of that? Or, mm -hmm. okay, I'm never going to do that again. And I've learned from it. So everything that I've ever taken a mistake, it's, it's more of a learning experience for me. So yeah. I love that, that you kind of were like, yeah, no, I don't really <laughs> dwell on that. Cause it's not, I try not to ever look back when people will say, what's your biggest regret in life and all those things. I, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm sure there's a lot. I don't think about it that way. I just, yeah, my brain no, doesn't no. go back that way. No, no. Although, you know, is one thing you're reminding me of, which I think is good for people to think about as an entrepreneur is there you are, you're so passionate about your subject or whatever you're endeavoring, but like, then shit's going to get real. Sorry. No, you can <laughs> Because then I, there I am, right? All I ever wanted to do is like make perfume and skincare and basically mainline Jasmine. And then, you know, there's insurance and lawyers and taxes and accountants and spreadsheets. 
Yes. And there are things, so you, great, and now you're an entrepreneur, you've made your passion into a thing, but then the reality comes and you've got to find a way to ride that and and champion that in whatever way you can and and still not let it weigh down on the joy. Right. Because everything, right? If you think about anything, yeah. everything in life, you're going to have things that you love, love, love and things that you don't, right? But the things that you, when, and, and I think back of like, oh, I maybe was meant to do this or not really, but like, you know, if, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, was I meant to do that? It's the things that you really don't love that kind of take you out of whatever you're doing. It's more, right? If you, the things you don't love outweigh the things that you love, it's not meant to do. So there's always going to be the accounting stuff. There's always going to be the back end stuff with podcasts to the editing stuff, you know, things that were just like, eh, okay, I don't love this. And if you're meant to be doing it, universe or God, whoever you believe in, you'll find a way. And it's not going to be as bad, but it's still going to be like your parts that you're like, oh, I don't love that. You know, I know I've talked to many people where they, their first business, they loved it. They were the creator, right? They were the creator, yeah. the creator, creator, and they weren't the business person. And they didn't like, they didn't take the time to be like, I should have outsourced, right? I should have outsourced the accountant because. Yeah. Before you burn out. Because they didn't do any of the stuff and they had stacks and stack. I mean, it made their business go under, right? Because it was like, they never were doing the things that they were supposed to be doing. They just were on the creative mode and that happens. That's life. But those are the things that you learn as you go. They opened second businesses. And what was the first thing they did? They hired that accountant. They're like, I don't care (laughs) how I'm going to do it, whether I have to go be a babysitter on the side, do dog walking, make a little bit of money to then pay that accountant to help me flourish in the, you know, in in whatever I'm doing is, is really something to think about. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You've got to think about what you're going to delegate and all that kind of stuff. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. Nadine, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Because I want to do that. It's we're 21 minutes in, but I know I have more questions (laughs) and all of that stuff. But where people can find you, again, this is going to be in the show notes, so they'll be able to look it up. But if they're, you know, driving, I don't want them to be writing things down or trying to stop and be like, oh, I need to hear all about this. So for sure. Well, we're living like patients.com is our lovely business. And in there, you know, we've got articles and there's a whole, you can email us any questions. We're all there for you. And then my books are anywhere books are sold, including audible versions. And they're also on the website and then social, I, the, you know, they're everywhere, but like Nadine Artemis official living like patients official are uh, good places to land. Yes. And tell us a little bit about the books, like your the yeah. title and yes, and how you decided, okay, I'm going to be an author as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, the first book was uh, Holistic Dental Care, which I actually self-published a few years prior, even though people were like, don't self-publish, don't self-publish. And I'm sharing this because I feel like it's good for your audience to yes. know. And I was like, I don't fully care. And I just need people to get this information. So right. you know, I don't have to talk about it all the time either. And it's just really important to be in a book. So I just self-published and, you know, I, when was that? I don't know, 209, 210, 210, that kind of thing. And uh, I got to say, like, even back then, I mean, it's amazing, like how you can get a book on Amazon, like, and they, and they print to order 
and Amazon just sends checks every month. And we send, you know, we had an ebook and uh, a dig, I mean, a real whatever paper version. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, and it really sold well. And it's funny because now that they're published, I don't even think I've made what I made before when it was self-published, but it doesn't matter because now I it's like that. another, it's another thing, right? right? So go for the self-publishing. And the reason why I got published is because of the success of the self-published book, which even though is an interesting and kind of avant-garde subject to see the track record and understanding it made the publishers go great, you know, so that was actually a really beneficial thing. So now that's published and it's in five languages and it's an audible book. So that's really exciting. And what was the um, name of that again? That's holistic dental care. Awesome. And it's actually like really, it's really friendly, really easy to get into that subject there. Um, and then sort of what's been called the beauty Bible I, I wrote and launched published in 2018. It took a few years extra because we had a whole business and house fire and everything burnt down to the ground. But that's another story for another day. Oh, my gosh. Um, so then Renegade Beauty. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. So 2018. And it's like so deep. It's like, you know, everything you've ever wanted to know about skin and hair care. We've even got special chapters for women on yoni care, breast care, pregnancy, uh, all pregnant, like, yeah, babies, the whole thing there. And it really goes in deep. And it's, uh, you know, there's like over 500 scientific citations. Wow. Along okay. with, uh, yeah, everything else. I love that. <laughs> so right when you, I want to ask you a question and it's the first thing that comes to mind. So I don't okay. want you to think out of all the stuff that you created, what is like, the one, and I'm not going to say favorite because favorite, I feel like yeah. it's not, but the most memorable, like that comes right to your mind that you're like, you get the most like, ah. <laughs> it is hard because I do create, I have over 200 different no, I creations. Know. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty crazy, <laughs> but I, oh, it's hard, but I'd say it's so revolutionary. I mean, our CBUC, our best skin ever could literally just be a whole business on its own. It's just so loved and adored and really brings people's skin back into balance. I mean, it's revolutionary. It clears up like six cystic acne, rosacea. It just brings people's glow back. It's very simple. And so that's a really revolutionary creation. I love that. And, and people, again, can find that on your website. Can you yeah. shout that out again? Yeah, it's uh, livinglibations.com. It's spell that just for my other dyslexic for sure. listeners. Living, <laughs> as in, you know, alive and then libations like vibrations in a way, like that kind of vibe. So, yes. So L-I-B-A-T-I-O-N-S. I love that. I love that. And so after your first store, what came after the first store? Like what was the next so then, part? After the first store sort of also just is so it's like, you know, e-commerce is starting to happen. You know, right? We're there. It's like what is, where are we at? Like 1999 or so. But I was just like, I've got to move to the country. And I think like retail is really changing and I got to get out of here. And so I was planning, you know, just really thinking about living in the country. I was really planning on that and how and getting out there. And then I met Ron. Um, so we, who's my husband and partner. And then he was so in our first few months of like loving and romance, he was like, we got to work together. And I was so like, are you kidding me? <laughs> We're going to kill all the romance. But he, he was just like, we are. Um, we are. So I was like, okay. And I was like, we can't get too serious. <laughs> right. Right. About that. I was like, it's gotta be as serious as a lemonade stand, but uh, obviously here we are today. Right. Um, so then that became the next phase and the living libations phase. 
at around 201. Okay. Uh, I was trying to retire for about a year. <laughs> Got it. Got it. It was about 30. And uh, so... Yeah, and then that just came the next phase. And then really when we got to landed here in our beautiful, we have about 200 acres uh, up north. We've got spring-fed lake, you know, woods all around us. And that's in Canada? Um, and it's in Canada and Ontario. We're about uh, two and a half hours north of Toronto. Okay. So, yeah, still very, you know, easy to get to the big city and stuff. And then here we've really created like such the you know, next phase of our lives, which also included a house and business fire in 2013, which we have fully recovered from, but that was really crazy and devastating. I mean, literally like everything except for the pajamas on our backs. Oh my gosh. And luckily we had a couple of cabins and we were staying in there. Um, so we were safe. Right. And we have those cabins, but I mean, everything, everything went. So do you do any business out of the property that you're on now? Yeah. Well, so then what we, well, we, it, it was funny because the, so the house fire and the, because our business was attached to a building by the house at that point. And so that all um, burnt down. It all burnt down. <gasps> and, but on the Monday, because for two years we've been planning and saving and doing the architect design and getting the permits to build our headquarters. So we only had like one, like it was just like one more moment, you know, and then we were all going to spread our wings because we were building on another part of the property and blah, blah, blah. But like literally that was supposed to happen on the Monday morning. But luckily we'd had, we'd been saving to do the building and that's what really saved us because insurance when you're in the tragedy is usually you find out the weaknesses of your policy. Yes. Or the slowness. <laughs> we had a, we had a flood and we lost everything. Oh, yeah. 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 And, yeah. um, and, and it was actually, they were wonderful, but it took forever. I mean, yeah, forever happened too. And I was just like, back to the resourcefulness is like, well, I know what to do. I don't need to, you know, better that I rely on myself than even an insurance company, which is that going back to, I feel like that resourcefulness that somehow I tapped into as a kid and I just felt like I had it. And so, yeah, and then we've, re- I mean, no, that, the, the thing was, is like, we realized we weren't going to build in that part of our land. It was probably not ideal because the roadway in. So, you know, then we saved and then we built in a whole new area. And then the building was also bigger than that first plan too. Right. Because it's like time change and you got it when you're building something, you've really got to expand your mind into the future because you know you're going to outgrow things, but we've really created a, a really ep- epic building and we've won environmental awards. It's the only building like it in Canada. Wow. I mean, it's so efficient. We can turn off our heat in February and we are fully like in winter at that time. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really cool. And then I was able to design the architect to be like how I create the product sort of from that first drop of oil all the way out. And, you know, and then we're really in the top floor is just this beautiful floor for our team where we've got, you know, this beautiful dining hall and we make organic lunches and we've got a yoga studio and a greenhouse. And so it's really a pleasure to create. Right. I was going to say, so it's, it's stuff that you created in your mind. And this is what I say to everyone, my kids, everyone, if you can create something in your mind, you can make it happen. Absolutely. And so I, to always visualize, even if I'm going to make a trip to Toronto for the day. It happens so automatic. Like I doubt I even know that I'm doing it, but I will quickly run through the whole thing or my huge, whether it's like a trip to Toronto or like a huge building or a new serum, it's all in my mind. And then I kind of reverse engineer it with my thinking. 99% of it's all happening in my head. And then I get to the lab 
And then that last 1% is the creation of the project. I love that. So my mind works very much like that too. I create things in my mind and then it's, and especially I find when I create my best work is like when I'm walking my dogs and I always say to people, you know, like find that time even if you're living a chaotic life, because that's the, I think the, the missing factor in a lot of people's lives is they don't know how to find that creative like mind or, or that passion or whatever, you know, even if it's, um, you know, building something, it doesn't have to be super creative, but anything that you want your mind to do, they don't give it a chance to pause and think the time before, like when you wake up before you're out of bed and before you're going to sleep, Use that time. It's so precious, especially between dream time and waking up. Like, try not to even open your eyes. Certainly don't grab that iPhone. Marinate in that time. You don't even have to, you know, you have to like say, oh, I'm going to crush, sit like, you don't even have to get out of bed. Just close your eyes. It doesn't have to be like a meditation, meditation. Right. Well, because that's what so many people for years would be like, you need to meditate. You're always so fast because I have a lot of energy. And I would meditate. And every time I meditate, I would like giggle or I would be like, Oh, I have to do the laundry. Oh, damn it. I forgot about this. Ah, I forgot about that. And I was like, my brain doesn't shut off. It really doesn't. Um, and it's not, it doesn't bother me because sometimes I'm no. like having happy thought like, Oh, the sky's so blue. Look at that bird. You yeah. know, like, it's not always, it's not, I'm not stressful thinking all the time. I think that meditation don't even think about shutting your mind down. I think right. the whole point of meditation is that so that you're not giving your own self, your own resistive thoughts. Yes. Because we think thoughts and then we negate them. So we have that great vision that we want at that product, let's say. And then we marinate in that for a moment and then we let little opposite thoughts come in. And you won't get anywhere because that is full cha-cha in your brain. Right, right. (laughs) And so have the thought, ride it. And as soon as other voices come in or whatever, think about switch subjects. Right. Don't sit on the subject if you're giving it opposite thought. And so meditation is just giving you time to not be in resistance to what you've already created. I love that. So it's really just an allowing time. Right. Well, that's what I say. So like I walk my dogs. I know for myself, my meditation is I need to be moving. If I sit. Yeah, walking meditation. (laughs) If I sit, it's just, it doesn't, especially it's going to make more monkey mind. (laughs) Totally. My husband calls it the squirrel in the brain. He's like, oh, (laughs) that squirrel's really running around there today, isn't it? Um, But when I'm, when I'm walking my dogs, I'm very focused. I'm very like, I just, you know, a daydream or whatever, whatever I create, I always will have a, my phone just so I can do voice notes. Yeah. So yeah, like I can leave myself a great. voice note, be like, oh my gosh, I just had this great idea. So I love that. So where, what is your time? Do you have like a very specific time or is it your meditation in the morning or do you have another time during the day that you can yeah. think of that is your I would just say time? it's like the, the pre-wake, like the wake up and the, like how I've just suggested. And then any time I can, like throughout the day, it's just like, I love just, I mean, we have a view that's like incredible. We have our lake, you know, it's a lake and sparkling sun. So you can see it on our Instagram account all the time. Like every, like that's where I, that's what I look at all day. And so I will definitely, I love staring out the window. And I found in the early years when I had my son and just those really, I'm sure a lot of people can rate relate. I forgot to sit and think. Yes. And that was like, I think the fire really helped me with that too. So it was like, Oh, here, let's just burn you out before you get burnt out. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, even though that was so tragic. Again, yeah. there was there's always a lesson in those kind of things. Oh, so 
you know, so many lessons. It felt like such a setback, obviously, like, like, you know, you're there with the ashes of your life. It's a very obvious, but somehow it felt like it accelerated things. Right. When we look back, some kind of angelic accounting took care of things. I don't know. (laughs) Right. So, right. Again, whether it was God or the universe, whatever you believe in, it was like, okay, guess what? We see where this is going and this is not where I, this is not how I created you you know, to kind of what you're supposed to be doing. So I love that. I love that. Uh, Nadine, do you have any last thoughts that you want to leave with the listeners? I think it's really fun to really follow your pursue, your passion, you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to drop everything either, but just keep putting more space in your life for the things that you love and fill yourself, fill your life with that garden and your thoughts with the thoughts that you like. And then it's amazed. All of a sudden, you're just surrounded by so much beauty. It's true. It's so true. Well, thank you so much for coming on your next stop and sharing your journey and your story. Guys, you know what to do. Definitely check out everywhere that Nadine is. You will hear this. It's also in the show notes. So you guys will see this. You'll see this if you're watching this on YouTube. It's also on the show notes that will be there. If you have questions, you could also DM either of us definitely check out Nadine's stuff. Like, share, rate, review. Get this episode out more because there's so many people out there that need to hear this. There's so many people out there right now that are stuck in their life. They're feeling unsettled and maybe they have ideas that they want to pursue, but they don't know how to do it. And Nadine just gave you a great story to sit and think about and be able to ponder in your own mind. So thank you again, Nadine. And we'll see you guys later this week. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 